This is Learning Me Dutch podcast, episode number two. Through bitterballen and pindakaas, lekker en gezellig. I'm learning me Dutch. And while I'm learning Dutch, you can learn with me as well. Who knows? In this episode, I'm going to talk about indefinite pronouns, which is a fancy way of saying something, somewhere, someone. To learn a bit more about Dutch culture by talking about Elfstedentocht, talking about some verbs and how to use them by ordering a pizza, and some personal tips on language learning. Today I will first talk about indefinite pronouns, or as it's said in Dutch, on bepaalde voornaamwoorden. And first I will do a internet definition part. An indefinite pronoun is a pronoun that refers to non-specific beings, objects or places. Indefinite pronouns can represent either count nouns or non-count nouns, which means they are things like somewhere, nowhere, someone, anyone, everyone, nobody, somebody, 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 something, nothing. So all that uh, thing, thing, somebody, things are covered by the indefinite pronouns. I will no longer educate you on the grammar because my grammar sucks. And if you're listening to this podcast, you already know English. So I will not educate you further on that. I'm going to first talk about things. So something or anything, because in Dutch there's no difference between something or anything as we do in English. So something is eats, spelled I-E-T-S. And in Dutch, when I and E are together, they are pronounced as E, single letter E. So eats is something or anything. One of the most used uh, sayings, I think, in day-to-day life, you can hear it a lot, eats unders. For example, this sentence, Misschien neem ik vanavond eats unders. Meaning, maybe I will get something else tonight. Imagine you are going to restaurant, same restaurant all the time, and like crazy person you do, you are ordering the same thing over and over again. The same food you eat the first time and you liked it, you are still ordering that without trying any other food. Then you'll say this. Misschien neem ik vanavond iets anders. Also, you can hear that in a restaurant or a cafe or a bar and you finish your whatever you're having and the waiter comes to you and asks, Eats anders? Something else? Or anything else? Another example could be, Will jij iets drinken? Meaning, would you like to drink something? You invite to someone and yeah, you're a kind person. Of course, ask. Another example, good example for the eats, last one could be Als je niet zo goed Nederlands spreekt, dan kun je daar iets aan doen. If you don't speak Dutch very well, there is something you can do about it. Like listening to this podcast or like me recording this podcast, the second episode after two and a half years from the first episode. And the opposite side of the eats, we have needs. And as you can imagine, it's meaning nothing. Literally nothing. So you have the eats with I-E-T-S, put an N in front of it. It becomes needs, nothing. Example sentence. Je hoeft me niets meer te zeggen. You don't have to tell me anything anymore. 
are, uh, je hilft me niets meer te zeggen. With a more drama in it. Actually, there's a Dutch song with this title. Not a very special song, but the title fits our example. Another example. Je kunt er niets aan doen, Jimmy. It's not your fault, Jimmy. Je kunt er niets aan doen, Jimmy. You cannot help it. So, here, niets aan doen, nothing that you can do. We are telling to Jimmy, it's not his fault. And one last example, then we will here see two neat in the same sentence, used differently. Vakantiedagen hebben we need for needs. We don't have holidays for nothing. So you can say that to your colleague that's working still on his holidays or checking his emails. Vakantiedagen hebben we needs for needs. Just close that laptop. Log off from the phone until you are back from holiday. Actually, this is an example I found from nu.nl uh, or nu.nl, which is one of the major news websites in Netherlands uh, that you can check. When I try to find uh, find out how a word or saying or a phrase is used uh, in real life contexts, I try to check news sites in their search engines. So I can find some good content, editorial content that's used and they are generally well written, so understandable and well structured. Well, of course, you can check online forums or Twitter and other sources uh, similar to that. But be aware that not all the tweets are written as nicely or correctly as it should. But that's also part of learning a language, right? How it's talked in daily life. So, after things, we have places, somewhere and nowhere. And it also has a similar structure. I really like this part of the Dutch uh, indefinite pronouns because they are produced with one letter added, most of them, uh, to in the beginning for the opposite. So, somewhere is ergens, which is written as E-R-G-E-N-S, ergens, with that sound for the G. Most of the Dutch G's are like that. As an example sentence, I can give Er moeten hier ergens een zwaard liggen. Which is meaning There must be a sword somewhere here. Er moeten hier ergens een zwaard liggen. Imagine you are playing some video game like Diablo, Skyrim or whatever you are playing with a sword in it. And you search everywhere, but you couldn't find. And your friends that are playing with you online are mad at you because you need to find that sword to beat the enemy down. Then you say, of course, you are playing with your Dutch friends, and you say, Er moeten hier ergens een zwaard liggen. Oh, that's a better toning for this, because you are excited. Okay. Er moeten hier ergens, somewhere, een zwaard, a sword liggen. Somewhere should be, there should be a sword somewhere here. And on the opposite side of Ergens, somewhere we have, of course, nowhere. And it's Nergens, with N in front of it. So Ergens becomes Nergens. Ik zie Shaggy and Scooby Nergens. I don't see Shaggy and Scooby anywhere. Be careful because it doesn't mean like anywhere as in English in all the contexts. In English, 
Anywhere can also mean everywhere in a context. For example, I can't sleep anywhere, which kind of means I can sleep everywhere. Yeah, whatever, man. Don't care. Just give me a pillow, give me a blanket, and I will just sleep here. I don't care about the sound or the neighbors. But in Dutch, you don't have that uh, saying with the nergens. Another example from Star Wars Universe. So you're a stormtrooper, you lost a rebel in the asteroid field and you're reporting to your officer. You go and say, Hey, is Nergens in that asteroid field? He is nowhere in the asteroid field. Hey, is Nergens in that asteroid field? So in this episode, we go over eats, needs, Ergens, Nergens. Then in the next episodes we will continue to go on because we still have some to cover like for people and for time, ever, never, Alamal, Idrain. We will go all over those in the next episode. So stick around, subscribe and I will continue this episode with something else. Something about Dutch culture. The Elfstedentocht. Or 11 cities tour. The Elfstedentocht is a long-distance tour skating event. It's almost 200 kilometers long, and it's held both as a high-speed, uh, as a speed skating competition with 300 contestants, and a leisure tour with 1,600 skaters. So pretty crowded. It is held in the province of Friesland, in the north of the Netherlands, leading past all 11 historical cities of the province. The tour is held at most once a year, and that only happens when the natural ice along the entire course is at least 15 centimeters thick. So we need really thick ice. I don't know what's that in inches, but it's... I don't know. I don't care. So, not every year this tour can happen and gaps may exceed even 20 years, because not every year the ice can be that thick. So people wait for it. But when the ice is suitable, it's one of the fastest organized events you can see. The tour is announced and starts within 48 hours. So pretty big tour, immediately announced, everybody gets excited and they just started. This is a long-standing tradition. Mentions of skaters going to 11 cities in one day is traced back to 1760. And as an official organized tour, it first held in 1909. Some mentionable occurrences of this event are the winters of 39, 40 and 41. When the weather was particularly severe and the race was run three consecutive years. The Elf Stadion of 1963 is also famous because it became known as the Hell of 63 when only 69 of the 10,000 participants were able to finish the race due to extremely low temperatures of minus 18 degrees. Nowadays, we don't see those minuses. In my four years, five years in Netherlands, I only saw, I think, minus five or minus... No, no, not even minus five, probably. Minus four, probably that. Climate is really changing. Anyway, due to the extreme low temperatures of that year, ex minus 18 degrees, powder snow and the harsh eastern wind, only 69 out of 10,000 people managed to complete it. 
and the conditions were so horrible that year, in 1963. The winner, Rainier Popping, became a national hero and the tour itself became legendary. And the next one after that, uh, so after 1963, it was held in 1985, exactly 22 years later. They waited every year that if it will happen or not, but the event ended prematurely due to towing, so didn't even compete. And the next year after that, so 1986, is also a very well known event. Because in 1986, the current Dutch king, at the time he was still crown prince, Willem Alexander, completed the Elfstaden Tocht under the name W.A. van Buren. Van Buren is a traditional pseudonym of the royal house. And the last Elfstaden Tocht was held on 4th of January 97. So 23 years ago. And since then, every winter, when or if, even if the weather gets too cold, you can start to hear in the media if the Elfstaden Tocht can happen that year or not. But with the warming climate and warmer winters, that seems more and more unlikely each passing year. Because I remember even like four years ago, the canals were fully freezing on some parts of the city I live in and now it's not even freezing like it's not even below zero this year but still waiting if any upstate and talk happen in upcoming years in this part I will talk about verbs verbs are the core of a sentence without them Sentences would be actionless, literally. So it's important to learn them, but more importantly, put them in use. And I really find it useful to learn them with memorable examples and some backstory maybe. And also repeating, of course, is uh, key because our minds are quite slippery. It tends to forget things. And if you don't repeat it, if you don't use it, it will just put it in a, I don't know, attic of your brain. And it will be hard to get it out. So today, let's imagine a scenario to learn three verbs. A scenario where we are ordering something. Pizza, let's say, because I love pizza. Then paying it. And the delivery. Or can be like delivery and pay, but generally we are paying with the phone, uh, not the phone, the bank uh, while we are ordering. So not paying at the door yeah okay no, never mind so start with the ordering then for ordering the used verb is bestelle bestelle also has another meaning to deliver a bit less used meaning but the most used meaning of the bestelle is to order for example ik wil graag pizza bestelle I would like to order pizza or what will you bestelle? You ask to your friend at your house and you will graag pizza bestelle. Yeah, good. Pizza is good, prima. And you order some pizza. Then, of course, while ordering the pizza, let's say you're on the checkout page of the website. And your friend says, mag ik betalen? Which means betalen to pay. Mag ik betalen? 
can I pay? And and your friends say, yeah, go ahead, pay. And he goes inside and tells the other ones, did you pay? No, I did not have to pay anything. He kept helemaal needs betalen. I didn't pay anything at all. He paid. He betaled. So betaled also becomes, betalen becomes betaled when it's past mode. Nice, so we uh, ordered our pizza, bestellen. Uh, now we paid the pizza, betalen. Now we have, of course, waiting for the delivery. And the delivery is besorgen. Your pizza is delivered and you receive the pizzas on the door and you shout out, onze pizzas besorgt. So when the besorgen is in the past mode, delivered, you change the late uh, last two letters, en to d, which becomes like it's in the English, delivered, it, it's an ed. This one has a d at the end, on the pizzas besorgt, and you look at the top of the pizza box and you see the, I forgot which ones, but one of them is, has Let your favorite pizza besorgen on house. So let your favorite pizza deliver to your house. Let your favorite pizza besorgen on house. So we learned three words today. One of them is the first one, bestellen, to order. We ordered the pizza. Then we move ahead to pay, betalen. And on this very rare occasion, somebody paid for everything. So if you remember, uh, the other guy who didn't pay said, "Ik heb helemaal niets betalen." We also used our on bepaalde voornaam worden that we learned in the first part, in definite pronouns, needs. So I don't have to pay anything. Then the order came, delivered, and. We say, oh, on the pizzas besorgt. So the, they are delivered, besorgen, besorgt. And you look at the box and you see, laat je favorite pizza besorgen aan huis. On the slogan there. So we covered at least an ordering and delivering. And we can even chip in the word wacht there because it's quite close to English. You have wait and you... In English, you have wacht in Dutch. So, last minute word, chip in, but quite easy. Wacht. One final repeat what we learned. We learned bestellen, betalen, besorgen, and wacht. Prima, toch? I would like to end the episode with some tips and personal suggestions that I do and find it useful and maybe you would like the idea too. So to practice further your understanding skills, because after some point you start to understand daily conversations and some sentences and what you hear or see on the media. But uh, of course, not every conversation or not every thing you'll hear is uh, the same. You'll have some hard time understanding some of those, especially you uh, get to the closer to the 
daily conversations. It will be faster than you imagine. So you'll need a lot of ear practice. So recently I found some of the cartoons on Netflix has really, really good uh, voiceovers for Dutch. I had two in mind that I noted here because I watched them myself and they were also quite fun and uh, educative for the language purposes. One of them was Dragon Prince and the other was Kipo. And they have Dutch subtitles, English subtitles and also Dutch voiceovers and of course the original languages are in English. But what I did differently was just opening and watching in Dutch. I first watched them in English with Dutch subtitles. Then I got the whole idea what's going on in the episode. So I'm not trying to understand, hey, what's going on? What did he say, etc. So I had an idea. So then I watched them again with Dutch voiceovers. And maybe without any subtitles because Dutch subtitles and the Dutch voiceovers are not the same thing. But you can try if you're not getting confused by seeing something different and hearing something different. Um, but it gives you a lot of ear practice because then you know what's being told. It's like having, being in a meeting in your company in Dutch. Because I also heard that uh, normally I couldn't understand some of my colleagues' conversation in lunch breaks. But in the meetings, if it's at, let's say, a technical meeting or meeting about our business... I'm understanding quite easily. Why? Because I know the whole context. I'm guessing probably what they are talking about. And a lot of the times I was understanding it correctly. So it happens also here and more accurately because you already know what's going on in the episode. So I suggest you go find some uh, stuff that I touch voiceovers and watch them. Thanks for listening to this episode of Learning Me Dutch podcast, the podcast that aims to teach me Dutch and force you to listen all my struggles about it. Hope you enjoyed it and see you in the next episode.